What's up? This is Matt Burdick with Impact 89 FM, and I'm here with some members from Dirt Room. You guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hi, uh, I'm Samuel Sprague. Matt Norton. And what's you guys' uh, like roles in the project? Um, Sam, well, actually, we, we're kind of all playing kind of the same role. All we're, we're kind of doing everything yeah. right now between the two of us. So I, I started the group in 2016. And uh, it's been through lots of different lineup changes. We used to be based in Lansing. We moved out to uh, Detroit in 2017. And now we're here. And right now, the group is just a duo. Uh, so it's, it's Pat and I. And uh, we've been writing songs together. We record the music together. Yeah. Awesome. So you guys sent me a copy of your uh, debut album coming out soon, Summer Salts. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that record. Specifically, uh, one question I had, what are some non-musical influences on the album? Some things that influenced it that weren't necessarily like directly other musicians and stuff? Collage, like um, visual collage, like magazines. That's yeah. one thing that kind of idea that influenced For sure. the sound is collage. Yeah, it definitely has a, a collage kind of vibe. I think, non-musical like it's not like a particular artist i guess but um one of my backgrounds in music is making ambient music mm -hmm. and one of the ways that we would do that is by uh recording onto little cassettes and then opening up those cassettes and you know cutting out all the tape and then except for like a little bit and looping it to create this kind of um it's like a tape loop you know yeah and so I think a big inspiration for the album just in general was like was just exploring process you know i'm um, trying to uh, approach songwriting in a different way every single time yeah um and that kind of ties into my next question when you talk about how a lot of these songs are kind of like ambient soundscapes not necessarily like traditional linear structures so how much of a clear vision do you have in your head before you go to like record these songs what's the writing process like do you just figure it all out as you're recording um no no clear vision <laughs> uh, to, to, to start to start and because you know usually how these songs would start was would not necessarily be like okay i'm gonna sit down with a guitar and like write a song but more so like i'm going to establish some sound and like record it into GarageBand, and then just like see what else I can layer on top of it. So it's very spontaneous, very spontaneous kind of process. Eventually, you know, something would come together. Once you get, I feel like once you get like the pieces together, then it's like, okay, I just have to arrange these in a way so it's like a song. But yeah, spontaneous for sure. So then if it's spontaneous like that and just bursts of inspiration, would you say that the whole pandemic situation and having to quarantine for so much of this year, would you say that was more beneficial to your like music making or did that make you feel less motivated and less inspired to spontaneously record things? Uh, it drove us to just recording all the time because there's nothing else to do, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, we were definitely, at the beginning of this year, we were planning to be on tour all summer we were gonna buy a van and and just you know be playing shows for the rest of the year obviously that didn't turn out yeah. we probably won't be playing shows for a long time 
not because we don't want to, we, we want to play shows, but it's just, you know, not the right thing to be doing right now. So instead we've been focusing more on recording and uh, Somersaults is, is really the, the first project that we've been working on re releasing, but most of the writing for that happened between 2016, 2017. And we've just finished up re-recording some tracks for that, and got it mixed and everything. And uh, but all, but pretty much the entire lineup from that project has already come and gone twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but during quarantine, Pat and I have been working on a lot of new stuff, and we pretty much have a huge backlog of of material now that we're going to be working on releasing um, as we move forward from summer results. Yeah. So it's been great, honestly. We ended up recording another project that was supposed to be updating the old songs off the album. So we ended up re-recording it and it totally came out differently. Like we, we basically rewrote the songs like once or twice. And then by the time we actually went to record that, it was like, okay, this is an entirely different project and we'll never be able to capture the essence of what Somersaults is. So it's just like, why don't we release Somersaults? Since it, it can't really be redone, you know. So then the the project that that we were originally recording at Summer this year is is now going to be the the next project. The next project, <laughs> and that one is called Moving Paint, and um, we worked with Chris Colte on that, who's a fabulous engineer out here in Detroit um, over at High Bias Recordings, and uh, he's worked with a lot of our favorite artists. And so we were really lucky to work with him on that. But that's that's in the future. <laughs> yeah. And then I noticed that you had mentioned on your social media, Somersaults originally was going to be an EP and it wound up being a full length album instead. Is that does that come down to quarantine and having more time to make music? Well, all of the songs on Somersaults were written long before 2020 or 2019 even. But I think that it was just having the time to reflect because I, I had all of these recordings from all these previous years that I had done with previous lineups and um, I had never done anything with them and they were supposed to be somersaults but then we were like trying to like redux the whole thing but I still had these recordings so I, I started to look through my computer and I could see what I could piece together and I was like man like this is cool and like this is its own thing and we're not going to we can't recreate this and we i know that we can't recreate it because we don't have the same people that we had before you know and the original lineup of dirt room and previous members have all worked really hard on this music and i was looking at all the stuff that we had recorded that was just sitting on my laptop and i was like man this was somersault so like this was when this project was alive that was that was like all of like the where all the blood sweat and tears happened for this project was at that time with those people and um, they all deserve the recognition for that project you know so rather than just taking what they did and trying to make it better which really just results in completely different songs being written in a completely different project i just wanted to take what we had and put it together to be a finished product to be like hey like this is what we did during this time and it was really special it can never be done again it cannot be made better because it's perfect how it is yeah um sidebar but i've been listening to the album like all week and it just hit me that the title is a pun of, like somersaults like gymnastics and summer salts two words 
now I feel really dumb. But um, <laughs> yeah, so then you mentioned how the album kind of follows this story. Like it's a bit of a concept about kind of a spiritual, like interdimensional journey, I guess. So then how did you go about like taking all of these songs that have been around for so long and kind of arranging them into this like cohesive narrative? Well, I don't know how cohesive it is, but <laughs> I, we were, we originally wanted to make a film because this was something that I was working on with my brother, Simon. And so we, we wanted to make a film and uh, we were going to kind of have these two pieces kind of collide and be a companion to one another where the music would kind of tell some of the story, but then like the narrative, the movie would kind of fill in the gaps of that narrative and also like vice versa. So like, is the story like as clear as like we maybe originally were planning on it being? No, but I do think it, it kind of is there, at least to me, but it's not, um, it's not like Tommy, it's not like Quadrophenia or anything, you know, like it's not like a rock opera, but there is this kind of concept, you know, that lingers. It's really just a reflection of life while this project was being recorded and like there was a lot of like sort of uneasy trials moving to Detroit like not knowing really anyone and just like uh same time when we're living on the east side and it was just kind of just a turbulent time so I feel like that music really reflects that time for sure yeah absolutely yeah I think yeah it's definitely like an, an extrapolation of our personal mm -hmm. experience I got you so it's more of a like a metaphorical story maybe than like a literal yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so is this film aspect something you're still considering pursuing then maybe later on well we actually kind of have well we i say we but really pat um has put together uh lots of like i think three different music videos and uh i worked with them on one of them and in a way they do kind of you know we, we kind of dip into that narrative because we had scripts written and you know screenplays and stuff for this film that we were trying to make, and um, of course it didn't end up happening. But we still had like that. We still had that material. We still had those scripts and that, those screenplays to to take from, which kind of helped to inspire Pat and you know guide them in the direction that these mu music videos went down, which I think is great because you know especially with. Uh, the video for Jack's Progress probably has like the strongest narrative out of all of the music videos. And um, it's great because like it, 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 it's implementing visuals that we had in mind for the movie that like we never actually got to do that. But those visuals are still there in the music video. And so like it's really cool to me to see those things come to life in that video. So there, there is still a visual aspect and I'm really happy about that. And uh, we can we do something in the future. Like it's definitely possible that we can elaborate more on it. Cause like we didn't have the full screenplay written, but we had like a few scenes that I drew from. So there is like a scene of this character Jack who um, kind of gets wrapped up with the wrong people and ends up taking drugs that he's selling. But these drugs are uh, it's like a time warping drug that. Mm -hmm kind of summons entities so that's what that video is sort of about is just like non-linearity and sort of just like just like surreal are there any uh, 
other like artists, films, directors that you kind of look to for inspiration, these, like psychedelic visuals and things like that? I really like the movie Momentum. I think that's by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So just like, I really like how that movie plays forwards and backwards at the same time. It's like a lot of postmodernist film I'm really interested in. I'm not really a filmmaker, or I guess now I am, but um, <laughs> but like having things that uh, disturbing visuals uh, and sort of not having to worry about sequencing or even things making a whole lot of sense like with breeze it was more of a process of like working with like artificial intelligence and animating that and while i was working on that video it it took me like probably two weeks to make it where i was just animating the whole day and looking at these like really disturbing pictures and it kind of um that's what i think about with like this music is it takes you to a place that you can partially recognize, but it's not like anything that you, you've ever seen or heard before. But it, it's like a it's like a terrain that that's unexplored is sort of how I like to think of it. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Have you seen the photo? I think it's supposed to simulate like what you see when you're having a stroke and it's like everything in the photo almost looks yeah. like something that you might know but you can't actually like make out any individual object. yeah that's what that's what's really cool about like ai art yeah is it it takes things that are familiar and then it it it's called like crossbreeding and it breeds it with another picture and it hmm. morphs the two together but as that process is happening it there's like familiar images like eyes or like face like faces but it's not really like real. So that's sort of that's sort of like the inspiration to that is just like the music has aspects that are recognizable. Like there's guitar and like mandolins or like there's string instruments, but how it was recorded was sort of like plunderphonics. Like if you're familiar with just like sample-based music, altering samples of ordinary things to make them sound foreign. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the mix of technology and like the acoustic world brings that about. So I, I feel like our music really is like the branching between that or like the breeding between electronics and the acoustic world to create something that's unfamiliar. It's not it's not like an intentional thing. It's like it's not like we're actively seeking to be different. It's just like the songwriting process is a lot more fun when you try new things and ultimately it brings about strange ethereal music. Awesome, that's a perfect segue back into uh, what I wanted to ask about the songs themselves. Um, which one presented the most technical challenges and difficulties to record and which one was the most fun to put together? It was the most difficult to put together. Man, it was so long ago. Breeze might be a pretty difficult one because it's just like... Yeah, actually I would say, yeah, Breeze actually was pretty difficult to put together. And that was actually like the last song written. Like we had another demo for it and over quarantine, you you put the rest of that song together. That's true, that's you know. true, yeah. So I would say Breeze was probably the hardest song to put together because it, it took the longest and it is so sensory overload hmm. and that's really hard to mix. That song was really fun because I got to do like a little rap over it, but 
Yeah, I don't know. All these songs were really fun, and they really came together in different ways. Desert Sands kind of came together in an interesting way because I was sourcing a lot of the sounds that I was using for Desert Sands from cassette recordings that I had recorded in 2015. I must have like been on vacation with my family somewhere and I had brought my tape recorder and I was plugging an acoustic guitar in through pedals just straight into the tape and just recording different loops and stuff. And I eventually digitized that and put some drum machine over it, put some other like guitars and synth over it. That's kind of how that song came together was all just like piecing these different cassette recordings together and then like throwing other stuff on them to create a structure. That was that was pretty fun. It was like a pretty unique way for me, at least, to put together a song. Um, Headroom was another song that was really fun to make because I, I was asleep for part of it. <laughs> um, I was writing... So Headroom, if you listen to it, is like, it's kind of happens in three parts. It almost sounds like it's like three different songs. Uh, so I was up one night, late at night, with uh, Shri Koda, who was in Dirt Room at the time, and my brother Simon. And uh, we were working on the song. We had just gotten to the end of the second part of the song, which is like this crazy, like noise rock breakdown. I kind of think of it as like the death of garage rock. Um, But anyway, we got to the end of that part and I was like, okay, I'm tired. It's like three in the morning or something. I'm going to go to bed. I go to bed and then I I wake up and uh, Shri and Simon are still up and they've been up all night working on this song and it was morning now. And I, I put on the headphones and they had written this entire new part where like the, the acoustic guitar comes in, you know, the dun, 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 dun. I'm like, wow, like I was asleep for this, but th- I didn't think that the song was gonna end this way. But uh, it was just like, I just left it open. And I was like, hey, like, here's the laptop, like record whatever you want. And they just like, wrote this entirely new section to it. So that was really exciting because I got to sleep and and the song was so being made. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So then with these songs where none of them are like, quote unquote, maybe like an accessible pop song, then how do you decide which ones are going to be like the singles, the first taste people get of the project? Probably the ones we like the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, the ones that we like the most, for sure. I think that, well, like even when we released headroom which was the last single that we released we released headroom in february of this year we didn't even know that we were going to release this album i thought that i was just like i have this single we were playing a show so like i wanted to hype up the show or hype up the single with the show whatever so i was like yeah i have this song never did anything with it so let's just put it out that was pretty much like the vibe behind releasing that single and even releasing Jack's Progress, it wasn't until like a few months ago that I was like, wait a second, like, we got a full album here. Like, let's put this together. Right. So, so, like, yeah, like, those are probably more of my favorite songs on the album. But it, it did just kind of happen, like, like, ah, yeah, let's just put this out because it's done. Yeah, I like that, too. I feel like it kind of fits in with the the themes of the music itself, that it's more about the the progress more about the journey than the destination the process i mean that's pretty much how we treat music <laughs> so speaking of live shows how much do you uh 
think about like the live aspect when you're recording? Is that something that's at the forefront or is that something you just worry about once the song is done? That, that's a good question. Um, this project totally was not like made to be played live. Um, maybe we have played it live, but it's not like something that can really be recreated because of the intricacies between samples. Mm -hmm. um, but the project that we were making to like rewrite this, we we went into it with the idea of live performance. So it's basically like if we rewrote somersaults to be played live and like rewriting the parts to be played live is like what the next project is going to be. So it's it was recorded entirely live too. So it's a totally different energy behind the songwriting process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it comes to recording music, I think that we can have like very different intentions. Whereas like with somersaults, we were just I was just ex experimenting with the recording process itself, right? Um, with the next project that we'll be releasing called Moving Paint was more about we want to capture the live sound. We want to capture the sound of the band performing in a room, which is what we did. And that sound was more like a traditional rock sound. You know, you had your guitars, your bass guitar, drums, and some synthesizer. That was pretty much it. And now moving forward with what we're doing, we're trying to find kind of like a middle ground between those two things of like where like somersaults is like, okay, we can never play this live. <laughs> and then with moving paint, it's like, okay, this is like a very kind of traditional rock setting that's very easy to recreate live. So now with moving forward, we're trying to find ways to be able to explore the recording process, but to still have something that ultimately we can perform and we can recreate because um, we're looking forward to the time when we can play shows. So you guys have a, a sound that's definitely a mix of a ton of different things, hard to kind of pin down. How would you want people to categorize your sound? And do you think genre labels are even still relevant right now at all? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're totally relevant. Like, it's just like a scheme of like identifying things. So I'd say like this project specifically is like a mix of collage, uh, like tape, tape collages and acoustic instruments. So kind of like the books, which is considered free folk. But we're definitely heading into like a more electronic setting in the future. Um, with like drum machines and like really leaning into fully electronic sounds. Yeah. So the closest I would say is is freak folk, but it's kind of like Dada. Like it doesn't really have to be given any meaning or given any classification. It just is solely meant to exist. So that's kind of like how I want our music to be thought of. Is like Dada, the Dada of music. Dada core. Yeah, Dada core. <laughs> Boom. Or just uh, alternative rock. <laughs> that's probably the easiest. That's the easiest label. Yeah, I feel like that's become such an umbrella term. Like alternative rock could be anything from like post-hardcore band to like Imagine Dragons these days. And it's like yeah, right. totally. Well, like okay, so like for me, it's like you know my roots. Probably like, like the first original music that I made was garage rock. You know, like getting into like psychedelic garage and stuff and. Um, I was in a band called Buddy and Bike in Lansing and also a band called Emmanuel Kant. 
and we would do like you know psychedelic like garage rock noise rock you know i think like television jesus and mary chain mm-hmm. kind of stuff but with dirt room like i started to like see the possibility of, go- of going beyond rock music and uh exploring other genres so it's it's just been like lots of exploration we definitely still have like lots of rock influence but just uh trying to find something that i could do outside of that to kind of be something something else right has been kind of my my main thing with the project as far as genres go okay i just got a couple more questions for you guys so what would you say to someone who might be maybe intimidated by like the I want to say weirdness of your sound, just someone who might be like hesitant to get into it and a little intimidated by how experimental it all is. Think of it like an environment. Consider music, like think, think of like how a sound plays out if you're like walking down the street to work or like you're in a forest or you're in an ocean or like sand dunes. Like that's how I like to think of it is focusing less on what it actually is and focusing more in on like how you picture it like visually like the sound how you how you visualize sound yeah i think the environment the idea of like a sonic environment that's really powerful because yeah. we're surrounded by sound all the time and and every space sounds different and it even sounds different than it sounded an hour before and the more that we, we like pay attention to these environments and how they change the more that we'll hear. So think of it as like an exercise of awareness more so than music. Because there's so many weird things going on in it. And it's like, you can't really classify it, but that's not really what what matters. Yeah, know? exactly. So then my final question right now, since live shows kind of aren't really possible, now that your debut album is out or will be out soon, do you have any special plans to promote it since live shows can't happen? We got t-shirts. <laughs> um, we got some great t-shirts. I really want to lean into uh, the visual aspect. Like uh, I, I used to work for this chef um, who went to Spain to open up a Michelin star restaurant. One thing he said to me that really struck a chord was if you go into a restaurant, the food will not taste good if your table's dirty or not wiped down, you know, just like focusing on all the senses is something that I'm really interested in exploring, um, which like, obviously we can't do, we can't like meet in person. So like, I can't introduce smell, like a special smell for when people come into a show. But what I can do is offer a visual experience or maybe like you go to a website and like, it's just like totally like not what you'd expect a website to be. Like uh, a band that I really like called Standing on the Corner. If you go to their website, it's like digging through like a rabbit hole. Like you're, you just start like plunged into a rabbit hole. You, you click in like weird places and it'll bring you into these pages that are just like, what is going on here? Like I came here for the music, but now I'm in this like whole expanse on the internet that like, I never knew it was possible. So definitely focusing on experience is sort of the direction we want to go for promoting. If we had the budget, like VR would be cool, but. (laughs) Maybe one day. One day, one day it'll happen. Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining me for this interview. This has been Impact 89 FM with Dirt Room and Somersaults out December 16th. Yep. Sweet, so look out for that, give it a listen.